Welcome back, Magical Relatives. This is your host, Paul V. And Jessica V. And I'm really excited. We have a, a special guest today, Michael Wan uh, from Susquehanna Alchemy. Um, I actually uh, follow Michael. Uh, Michael is a, let's see, let, let me cover, cover the gamut. So you, uh, he is a researcher on the rituals of the Susquehanna. Uh, the, he is an, an astrologer who does biomancy sessions amongst other divinations. And, um, and lately I've been following you on your subscribe star because, um, not, not only do a lot of your videos where you talk about, uh, some of the interesting history of the Susquehanna speaks to me and like, gives me a lot of synchronicities to think about. And that's kind of why I started to follow you is just, I'd start watch, to watch your work. And I got a lot of feedback to think about as far as places I've lived before, because we have lived in Pennsylvania and uh, kind of relating to the land and history here. And then uh, also uh, you have opened up conversations where we're doing conversations like this for your subscribers, where we have kind of just open conversation to see kind of where conversation takes us. And that's why we brought you on here. This so really welcome, Michael. Thank you for having me. Thank you for that introduction. I love to come and talk to people. So any opportunity that it lands in my lap, I am happy to partake. And particularly with you, Paul. Paul and I have, have, have interacted many times. This is my first time meeting Jessica. But uh, this is kind of like a homecoming. You know, it's like, you know, sometimes you go in shows, you don't know who the person is. But like, you know, it's... It's like it's it's talking to it's talking to a friend, so I'm I'm grateful for that opportunity as well. I'm really excited to talk to you too because sometimes I get and these little like I'm excited. I want to talk to you about particular things. I get into these like kind of synchronistic flows sometimes that make it. Uh, sometimes you just like start laughing out loud, you know, and then yeah. I I'll tell Paul about it. He's like, oh, it re he always reminds him of you. And so <laughs> that I was really excited to talk to somebody else that just like walks down the street laughing at, at the universe, giving him little nods, you know? Uh, certainly, certainly. I mean, and, and, uh, and I'll put like a little bit more context, you know, in, in what, what Paul, his, his introduction, like, you know, all of those things I think are true, you know, like the research and like astrology, um, and the synchronicity, but it all boils down to maybe like, like two things. Like, like one is I like to get to the bottom of stuff, like whatever, you know, whatever captures my attention. And typically I like weird stuff. So like, you know, unorthodox thing, looking at things from a different way, hidden stuff. So that's just in general, but, um, in a more specific, like in a more practical way, uh, everything like particularly as it relates to the synchronicities and understanding maybe the true nature of, of flowing water, it's all about um, like trying to understand the, the reality of life on earth in this moment and recognizing like, you know, what is true? you know, what is objective reality and that's, and, and then being able to separate that from, um, and I'll just use this term in a general sense, like the matrix of reality. And what I mean by that is like the unreal reality, the created reality, which has been 
internalized by all of us that we're like, oh, this is the real reality. And so like getting to the bottom is like getting is like figuring out what is this objective reality, which I believe synchronicity is a a a like you catch a glimpse of of the greater reality in action. But there's an understanding which I I try to hold myself to, which is the level of and what I call matrix programming, like is so friggin' deep that we have to realize there's always a blind spot and like the really really powerful stuff is like the least innocuous you know stuff like calendars and time and like borders and all of these things we're like yeah they're real but they're not real and you're like ah what's the big deal it helps us get through the big deal is this the more that your focus your internal reality blends with something that's not real then like that's your life and so the importance to me of of like you know, going to the synchronicity, going and be like, well, what exactly is a river? What exactly is this stuff we're seeing? Um, that is to me, like how you disconnect from that false reality. And, you know, whether that, whether or not that leads to like, literally, you know, I get weird. Uh, you know, I'm open to the idea of like, there are literal attributes in terms of like how you do not even exist on that, on that plane of reality of the matrix or on a more like maybe practical or tangible or not so out there way is the ability to interact with the life, which, you know, is surrounding us. I'm not suggesting we all go back to living like they did, um, in, in, in the stone age, if that's even a real thing. Um, but like finding a way which we we find a balance that we can we can meet modern reality and recognize what's true and what's false and it's like I make a choice I choose to be in in this realm because one I don't have another opportunity or two like there are people or things in here I still I'm not I'm not ready yet to leave so uh, I guess that's how I <laughs> that's how I describe it I love it I've been thinking so much about. Um... Lately, it's been a lot in divine feminine, divine masculine, and how do you balance those two? Like, how do you balance the sun, the will, you know, the what you want to do with mm -hmm. the, uh, the moon, uh, with your intuition, right? And then how do you also live in reality? Like you were talking about the matrix, once you start to see what reality is for you, how do you live in this place of having a will, in that reality, but you also have to live in the flow of it, right? The mm -hmm. moon side. Mm -hmm. And that is what I can't stop thinking about it. Like, <laughs> I feel like sometimes that is the Trinity, those three things, the now, the will, and then that intuition, right? So that right. you it's the masculine, the feminine, and the now, or the sun and the moon and the now. And then how do you get that all together in this matrix? And I just think, it's really fascinating. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, I I would even say like this has always been like a uh, like a, a a path for a certain percentage of people who've lived on Earth, regardless of time or place. Like, you know, how do I go and and I become like more um, whether we want to use the word authentic or real or what have you. Um, and so that's always true. You know, that's always been like maybe the mystic path. I don't know, but. Um, Right now, right now, it's a requirement. It's like, this is like, this isn't like a nice thing to do. It's like, this is how you, as all plans, like as all the plans of what you thought the future would look like, uh, 
are gone, you have to develop, you're either going to go in with the path, which is laid out in front of you by, you know, a system, or you're like, I have to really develop like in a very, like, um, something you can, you, you understand how you're working with it, a way of how do I meet reality? And so I would say like these things, like what you're talking about, it's like, now it's a necessity. It's not a nice thing for a small percentage. It's like, now's the time where you really apply it. So you can move through this time. Like, you know, everything has been prepped for this moment. I like that you say that. Cause sometimes I keep, I say, oh, it feels so much more important now than it ever did. And I'm not, I don't know why I feel like I have to try and kind of put, be the, the like the triangle and the, or the circle in the middle of the triangle. Like I've never felt the need so much as I do now. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> I think we need to, like, it's, it's like, you could see, and, and it's like, and all they are, are stories, like literally, like, this is the thing, which is so like, is so mind bending to me is um, what's happening in outer reality for a majority of people has all began with just a story. Like no one's actually seen anything like any evidence but then from that it's become a reality and so then it like you know it and so it's it's that is that and it's becoming it's becoming more and more intense it's always been there but i think it's become more and more intense the the literal um uh the tools you know the 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 way all of the different mechanisms which are used to shape the the masses um, that's becoming even stronger. So, so that's what you're feeling. And that's when you're like, well, if someone doesn't have something else to fall back on, and there are lots of other things to fall back on, um, like, you know, there, if, if you're a religious person, like religious people would fall back on and, and particularly the religious people, I think there's like a, you know, there's a, there's a distinction within all the religions of like, you know, the, 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 those that really, really, you know, they walk the walk and those that just like, you know, they do it on surface level. But for those that walk the walk, like, you know, this is the time for that. And if that is not your language, like, I think all of these are ways of which we're, we're working with a, a, a greater reality. My sense, my personal sense is I want something which is not a story. I want something which I can touch with my own hands because that way I know it's not a matrix. That's why like the material world is so important to be accessing the invisible world, but that's just me. Um, but like we need, we need to fall back on those things. And if you're not a religious person like me, um, well then you fall back even more so on like the stuff that does speak to you. You know, I'm not, I'm not suggesting, I mean, yeah, I guess I kind of am suggesting, I'm suggesting that, you know, what, what, what I have to share, what I'm discovering, like has real value for all people, but I'm not suggesting people to just go and like, you know, follow me. Uh, you know, you got to follow, you got to be true to you. And that's part of like what you're saying is, you know, that internal integration. And so, um, you got to be true to yourself, even if it's, I think in a time, like if it's a little bit limited, but um, because no one else can tell you the truth, you got to figure it out yourself. But now's the time where we're all going to do that. We're all being called into our, our, our paths. Uh, we have to do it. I think with a, a greater degree of, of, um, of uh, it has a greater necessity now because of everything else, which is happening. And, you know, we're going to have to walk through whatever it is that we're holding inside. And like, we're each of us, we're going to come face to face with like, 
what is real and what is not. I think that's going to happen. That's my thought. Yeah, I, I love this conversation. Uh, it's I, there. A lot of things come come up in our conversations amongst each other and amongst people that we work with in our community about like those tools that you're talking about on how to kind of um, sort of sometimes for a lot of people, it's kind of a reset sort of like um, kind of cleansing away the stories they've been told and like kind of going like trusting that inner knowing. And, uh, you know, so I think at the beginning of the year, a lot of, uh, we, we were like exploring a lot of themes with water and, and, and that's actually kind of like what led me to actually kind of make the jump and, uh, subscribe to your subscribe star because, um, we were, we were working with water. We were like seeing at this point, like working with how rivers sort of wash away, you know, they just cleanse, you know, they just like, there's that current you can eat, you can like use it in so many different ways. You can kind of like, you know, offer something up to like, kind of like leave things behind that don't serve you or, you know, like maybe bathe in those rivers, maybe go with the flow of those rivers and kind of like navigate a little bit easier. And that seems to be a good, like, for instance, and, and let's just start with that. Like, that's a good tool where you can kind of feel what it's like to live in the now. And it's a useful tool now because I think like you said before, and it really resonates, it's like, you can't really plan out maybe more than 30 days in your life anymore. And that's a, like an interesting concept for people. Like if you looked at, I, you've looked at my chart and I don't know if you recall, but like, you know, I'm like a Virgo and I like to plan things out. And I mm-hmm. have, this is going to be me in five years. Well, that, that stuff doesn't make any sense anymore. And that's not yeah, me. yeah. It's, 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 uh, <laughs> so there's one more thing, which I want to, I want to add to, to Jessica's, um, uh, to her Trinity, or at least it's the way which I look at it is like, there is that there's that inner, there's the inner world. And that's where the, the, the Trinity, or at least the way how I interpreted you describing it is like, that's where that exists, the will and the intuition and the, and the now, um, but then there's also the outer world and they are linked and who's ever driving that link can change at any given time. Like, you know, it's, it goes both ways. And so to me, the, the, what goes along with that Trinity is the link to the outer world and understanding like what that is. And so it's like, it's, 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 I don't, I don't subscribe to the idea that, um, that the outer world should bow to one's will. I don't think that's, I think that that's a, a, a matrix concept because the matrix concept, the matrix underlying value system is domination and any type of, of, and that could be in, in physical reality or magical practices, or it's like, you know, domination to me is just, um, it's out of harmony with what we're existing within. And so it's like, to me, uh, you want to blend with it and you could like steer it like the river, the river works is such a great, a great analogy and literal tool on so many levels because it does do so many things. And so it's um, uh, what, what I'm interested in doing is understanding the natural, the natural unfolding of life and then f- coming up with practical ways and they're not like you know i say practical with quotation marks around it um in which that skill set and it's the skill set of letting go it's it's um i'll go off on a tangent one second 
So uh, my partner, she's a massage therapist. And um, and way before I even met her, like, I think that I'm, uh, and this is going to sound silly, but like, I'm gifted at receiving massage. I'm gifted at mas- receiving massage. And most people don't think that's a skill. Most people are like, what the fuck, man? Let me just go sit on the table and why don't you go get your, you know, you do your thing. That's not it. That's not it at all. And this is what I mean, like with like meeting the outer world is like, so with massage and I learned all this just through like, through my practice of Aikido, like there's so many ways to learn this, but when you learn it physically, you learn it every way, um, is the learn, the ability to relax into something the ability not to resist, the ability to sense when that like physical resistant wants to come and to be able to surrender into it. Like that's what a good person that receives massage is that they, even if they, if like a tender spot is hit is the ability to relax into that and allow the, the, the therapist to do their work. And so it's like, that's how I approach. We should meet like, you know, the, the current, if you will, is this ability to relax into it, but realize like it's it's a partnership. And once you relax into it, then you then you can have some, a, a degree of influence, but not necessarily control, because I don't like to just surrender completely like I have some degree of the will. But then there's that that finding that balance point of like, you know, what you surrender to. Oh, man, I a hundred percent because that makes me think of like right now, the way that we relate for me requires a whole bunch more grounding and like connection with the earth in order for me to flow with that connection right to the outside world. And then the outside world has this like film of like, or the matrix or whatever is, is really like will heavy egocentric heavy right and so in order to get through that so the balance is off that balance between your will and your intuition is so off and in order to like meet the outside world you really need to you need to go further into that the space like the moon space right yeah. the, like receiving space the nurturing space and, and less of that structured willpower space and that's how I've been talking about yeah, it. Yeah, oh. yeah, with, with, with without a doubt. Um, uh, there, there are a couple of things which 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 you brought up, which I, I want to respond to. But um, uh, the, the first thing is um, like we're 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 kind of talking, or at least I am. I think I'm talking like you know maybe purposefully being a little bit nebulous, maybe a little bit abstract. Like I can imagine if I was, li- I was listening at home, like, well, what exactly are you talking about? So, uh, um, um, well, let, beginning the first thing we need to be able to do, or I think this is a very helpful skill set, is being able to recognize how much our, um, our, the way we interpret reality is completely designed to keep us out of of being able to see things as they are and then and keeping us out of out of connection with the what, what i'll just call the objective reality so i'm going to give a couple examples right now and like at first this is not going to sound like this like if when i tell this to you you're like oh i mean okay like what's the big deal the big deal is everything is like this and we just assume that this is the way it is and when we're like this which i'm about to give this example then um we're never grounded in reality and that's how we're led around. So, um, 
So March 20th, what was that? A, a couple of days ago? Yeah. And so March 20th, March 21st is the what? I don't know. Like that's also so, something else. Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. A week ago. It was a week ago. Spring and so what exactly is the spring equinox? The the day and the nighttime are the same length of time. Right. So there are two ways which they tell us about it. That's that's to me is the objective definition. So they also say it's like the midpoint between like the the solstices on the on the Earth's like movement around the sun. Like, but that's just purely an abstract. Like, what? I've never seen the Earth. I've never. That may be true. May mean not true. But what is objectively true is there are equal amounts daylight and there are equal amounts um, uh, nighttime. And so, uh, like, just beginning, like you know, from from this, like you have to assume that has an impact on, on the human system, like just like receiving like natural light in that perfect balance, whatever that may be. I don't know, but like, this is part of seeing reality for what it is like, because we're, we're taught like, well, you know, it's just this concept, this idea, as opposed to something physiological is happening. And is there something which we should be doing at this time to maximize it? But that's not what I wanted to talk about. This is what I want to talk about. So if you actually go and you look, you actually go and look, you actually go and look at, uh, I don't know what it stands for, NOAA. It's like the National Ocean and Atmospheric. It's not an association. Whatever the government agency, maybe it's agency. They're the ones, like they're, they keep the gold standard of sunrise and sunset times. Right. So you go and go, all right, let me go see when's 12 hours, daylight, 12 hours. And guess what? It ain't. It's not the 20th. At least this year, it's not the 21st. This year it was the 15th. This year was the 15th. Everything in our system is like this. Like the 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 months are supposed to follow the moons. Like like one, it's it's ridiculous because they have twelve in the thirteen, and we know all of that. But even if it was thirteen of like twenty eight equal days, and that makes a lot more sense. That's a that's your will. That's your structure. Uh, it's still a matrix because the moon doesn't fit that. The moon's actual phases will not fit your calendar system. Sometimes it's a day longer. Sometimes it's a day shorter. Like that's true time. We use the calendar system. We use clocks because they make our lives, particularly our lives in the matrix. So the matrix is self-referencing. Well, you need to go and do this because you have a meeting to go to and you got to show up on time. But that's because you have a system which is based upon showing up on time on meetings. So like, that's what I mean by self-referencing. But like, and again, I'm not saying, I'm just pointing out ideas so we can recognize how it shapes our inability to see reality. So here are your true timekeepers, sunrise and sunset. Everyone can agree to that. Uh, maybe like the like well, when the sun, sun's the highest, you could differentiate or whatever. But like, you know, that's like true time. Um, and you could keep time by like, by the moon by the moon, but it's going to vary because the moon is mysterious. We don't know when's it going to rise at dark or night, but this is like true reality. This is what we are, our, our senses were meant to be integrated with, but we stopped integrating with those. They still exist in the background and we're integrating with things which are just abstracts. These abstracts let us do things. They let us do things in the system, which is an abstract, like self-referencing. Um, and we don't even think about it. That becomes reality. And so like we could go down like such a long list. I'm going to throw down this other one be before I give you like uh, where I'm going with all this. So um, 
I've got a, I've got a 15 year old. I got a 13 year old. I asked him this question. I was like, how many stop signs do you think you saw today? How many stop signs? And so we went through the whole sort of, uh, we went through the whole sort of thing. We came up like, you know, somewhere between 30 and 50 throughout the course of a day going to school, like, you know, in the periphery of seeing 30 stop signs. And like, you know, we calculated that out to be like, I don't know, like 15,000, let's say stop sign impressions in your consciousness once a year. And that's, you know, that's for most people or a lot of people, it may be much, much higher. And then I'm like, all right, do you think that that has an effect, like, you know, a long-term effect on consciousness? And my boys are like, what, what are you talking about, dad? I'm 15 years old. Just shut up. But uh, nonetheless, I don't stop talking. Um, and then like we kind of went through that and they're like, yeah, I guess, whatever. And I'm like, well, now let's go back in time 150 years ago. How many stop signs do you think a 15-year-old saw then in a given day? And the answer is none. And so when we begin to like look at this, this like it's been ratcheting up and these are like the most innocuous sort of things, but they are like communicating these abstract commands and structures and, and which our mind shapes the most important thing, which a human being or the most powerful gift a human being has is adaptability. That's like, you know, they're all, Oh, we, we don't have like long nails or whatever. You know, the human superpower is adaptability. Every human being at day one, put in a household at age two, they will speak the language. Their brain adapts to whatever words the people around them are saying. They could talk 10 languages. They could talk one language, but your brain will become that we become everything. We become this matrix. And because we think that's real, we, we can't see the true reality, which is like, oh, what happens when it's 12 hours of night, of night time, 12 hours of daylight. So all this being said, all this being said, this, I mean, that was a lot. So thank you for letting me go with that preface. All that being said is we're going to go to, we're going to go to water. We're going to go to water. Um, and specifically, specifically flowing water, flowing water. And it, water has so many, as you, as you said, as you said, Paul, like it has all of these like qualities, which we can understand physically, which we can then like, uh, uh, magnify out to all the parallels. Like it cleanses you, like it literally cleanses your skin, but it cleanses you. Otherwise, you know, it transports you, you know, it can cook all the different things. So, okay. So this is the other thing about flowing water, which I think is, uh, and I'll say one last thing before I get to it. I got to say this. Um, this is one of the keys of recognizing if something is matrix and something is reality. Matrix is complex. Reality is simple. Matrix has made you think that complex complexity is normal and complexity is desirable, but it's not. It's not. It's in the, in the greater reality. Like it's in the greater reality. It's simple. It's simple. Life is simple. Like, you know, think about how hard it is to go for, for like, uh, uh, fertility. Uh, if you're going to go and you're, you're, you're struggling with getting pregnant and you go to the fertility doctors and all of their complexities. And then like, you know, it's, it's, and, and think about like, and assuming there's no fertility issues, like how actually easy it is to go and, you know, and natural for human beings to procreate, like, you know, all of us, we know how to do that. And so that all being said, that all being said, the simplest things, we've been taught to not see the simplest things for what they are. We know water is everything. It, metaphorically, it's life. Literally, it's life. All right. So you go and you stand. 
you go and you stand in the creek in your backyard, you stand in a stream, you stand in a, like a river, which you could stand in. And, you know, just kind of imagine yourself standing there for a moment. And now you're imagining that, uh, you know, in, in our imaginary game, you've got like an imaginary bowl and you dump the bowl in the water, you know, it's a deep bowl, four or five inches. And, and you're holding it in your hand, this imaginary bowl with the river water in your, uh, in your left hand. With your right hand, you go and you place your right hand in the water. So you're standing in the water and you have a, your right hand in the water. And so these are seemingly the same substance, right? And that's the river water. But they're different. One of them's moving and one of them's not moving. And you could go all day and explain it like, well, it's the gravity or it's the force of the this or the force of that. No, it's the force that moves water and water is life. And so when we talk about, when we're talking about before, like this meeting reality and like having reality and, and, and moving with reality um, and, and connecting with it, like there has to be something which you're going to connect with, which is objectively real, which is, but at the same time, mystical as can be, because you took the water out of the river and it ain't moving no more. Where's the current? Grab the current, measure the current. You could just, it just, it's, it's the Tao. Like you can, you can see all around it, but you can't ever touch it. It's like, and that is literally, that is literally the movement of life on earth. And so everything in the matrix, particularly the matrix with the capital T and the capital M is an inversion of a greater reality truth because the matrix exists within the greater reality. It cannot create anything new. Everything has to be an inversion, a perversion or a mirroring of something which is true. And so we go and we can understand the greater reality by looking at the matrix. And their favorite thing right now is the internet. We're on it right now. We're like matrixing as can be with it. But we can understand the greater reality by looking at the matrix because it's or looking at the internet. It's pointing to things. So we know right now in the internet, like the whole thing is run by these algorithms, these things that go and they take you a pre, to a predetermined destination based upon whatever the algorithm's logic would be, because it picks up everything about you, knows everything about you, and brings you to exactly where you need to be. That's an inversion of a truth, because there are there is a force which it is an inversion of, which knows everything about you, which is going to bring you to the predestined position of exactly where you want to go. And when you catch that in action, we call it synchronicity. And then we laugh. (laughs) (laughs) And those days where you're running around laughing with synchronicity are some of the best days ever, even if, I don't know, have you ever had those days? And it made you feel, um, but it made you feel like totally crazy. Uh, God, it's never made me feel crazy. It's Not even in the beginning. Me. You were. Like- I've never. Uh, I mean, if we want to get into like Mike, Mike's psychology, psychology, um, uh, I was always very well integrated in the system. Like, you know, I, I, I like people, I know how to interact with people, but there was part of me that always knew that I saw things different than them. I wouldn't explain it to them. And so like, I never thought I was crazy. I was always like, they're friggin' crazy, but they're more of them than me. And so I'm not going to go and tell them. Like I was, I, I kind of had that feeling as a little kid, like before I knew about synchronicity, I just kind of felt like, you know, I recognized that I saw things differently, but you know, it was more, 
important to me to do to still be part of the pack then 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 so it's like i know how to meet people and like that serves me very very well as an adult because it's like i can meet anyone where they are uh i may be really out there but i can i don't want to make anyone uncomfortable and and i I know, I know, I know how to, how to, how to meet the matrix in that way. But that being said, like, um, that being said, uh, 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 I've, I've never thought I was crazy as I've, because it's always about like testing. And like, if it's, if I'm seeing it over and over again, like, you know, the crazy is not being able to see what's right in front of your, your eyes. But I want to answer your question about the laughter. So this, this is interesting. So this is a little bit about Mike's psychology too. Um, when, when I catch it really big in action, when I catch it really big in action, and, and, and it's always, you know, it's immensely personal. This is one of the things about synchronicities. Like, um, they're really only interesting to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because yeah, you're the only 100%. one who could, and it's like almost like it's your secret with, well, either like someone who you're intimate with or the like, you know, who you're having the synchronicity with because like no one else is going to get it. You're like, no, you don't understand. I saw the red car. You don't get it. And I'm like, well, all right. But like to you, it's, it's <laughs> that, being said, that being said, when I'm really, really like when I see the ones which like, wow me, uh, uh, it doesn't make me laugh. It makes me weep. I'm a, I'm a watery guy. I like to cry. And so it's like, I like to be moved like that. And so like probably like once every three months, like I see something It's particularly, particularly as it relates to my own struggles. And then when I see something like more clearly and how something brought me to exactly where I needed to be, that's what does it. Like I get moved and I, I get moved a lot. I get moved by other people's stories. Like I really like being human that way. I like to feel real experiences. Like that's the realness is what you feel. Like even if it's coming from the matrix, like feelings are real. It's just better if they're connected to something like <laughs> more, more real than, 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 than made up. But nonetheless. I cry with them all the time too. <laughs> like sometimes I, I, I would think that if somebody saw me sitting in my space, just like crying at the beauty of the universe, like, wow, what's going on with that girl? But for me, I just want to say that it is now, I think that for such a long time I lived in, you know, like what you're saying, the matrix. Um, I'm not like, Paul is just like, the way you described yourself and how you can meet people where they are and you've always kind of been open that is describes Paul really well too. And that is not the case for me. Um, and I really needed a lot of outside validation, um, to prove that I was doing a good job in the universe. And so when I learned or like kind of came into the way that I am now, um, and now that I'm accepting of synchronicity, for me, it's just the universe, my personal energy and universe validating myself so that I get to have validation that my life is meaningful and matters and like all of these wonderful things that I used to have to look outside for. And now I get it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, um, that's a really uh, keen um observation to to be able to see that you know to be able to see our own blind spots we all have different blind spots like you know there's not a single person who doesn't have a blind spot and like you would you never know how big it is so you always got to assume there's more to it 
Um, so going back to, to, to the matrix, like, 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 again, like it's, it's all human culture is going to be a matrix of some sort. Matrix just means like reality created by humans. Um, there's some matrices which are harmonious with, 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 you know, the natural world and some that aren't, you know, or certain degrees, like, you know, there's, you know, there's that, but, but we're recognizing that matrix is part of the human experience. Um, and what we're, and I like to call it the matrix when I'm, I'm focused very much on the dominant control system, uh, uh, thing, which is happening nowadays or arguably has always been there. But, um, one of the most powerful, uh, the, the system which we're in right now, the, what it does um, consistently to human beings is weaponizes our like natural abil- natural attributes or something which exists. It turns it against it turns it against a human, um, and that's what I mean by weaponized. And within you know all matrix, but particularly this matrix, is this idea called naming consciousness. And naming consciousness is this incessant need, incessant need to name everything, to measure everything, to, to categorize everything, like all of these sort of things. And, and like, it holds a value. It holds a value. Like, I mean, that's all we're doing. Like, what can we learn next? What, what new discovery? And it's like, you know, when do you realize like every time there's a new discovery, it just opens a thousand new questions. Like, you know, that's how it is. There's like, you know, there's a point where you just realize you're not going to know like it's, but nonetheless, this, this, just using language in itself to be able to say that this is a bottle or that's a tree that's that's naming consciousness but we're particularly over the top with it here and so the reason why i'm bringing this up the reason why i'm bringing this up is because what naming consciousness is is like how many of us myself included um when you are in your headspace do you use words how do you think like most of us are thinking with words all the time you know that's basically telling you like there there are people who think in pictures you can't think as sharply, like in terms of ideas, but like, that's a different consciousness. There's other people who don't think at all. They're like, I'm trying not to think, but I'm just pointing out that like naming consciousness is, is very, very like, you know, it's common. So what is the foundation of naming consciousness? And this is where I'm going with this point. The foundation of naming consciousness is separation. The moment you name something, and it's certainly going to be very valid to name something, you know, if you're trying to describe something that you need not to eat or so, you know, there's a poison you describe it. Like, you know, naming consciousness is part of being human. But every time you practice naming consciousness, you are practicing separation. You are confirming something in your mind that this is separate from the whole, because as soon as you name it, you're saying it's distinct from something else. And every single time you do that, you are confirming this idea that I am separate from the whole. You're not doing this consciously. It's like the stop signs. It's like, you know, it's like you're not consciously stopping yourself, but you just had 15,000 impressions in the exact same color scheme and design, which means it sticks even deeper and it's telling you to stop, you know, and just like, you know, every time we name something, this is separate, this is separate. So when you're talking about like the need for outside validation, um, like that's going to be like within all of us, like, you know, uh, my, how I described my outside validation was I was like, I wanted to be part of the pack. 
Like, you know, a lot of the stuff, it was just different. Like I was totally fine with like, I didn't need their validation to tell me that the way I understand things is right or wrong. I was like, I just, I wanted to be part of the pack. So I kept that to myself. And so it's like everyone, those are two examples. We all are, uh, you know, that's, that, that is part of us, you know, of outside validation. I think as we mature, we have a better understanding of like how that's healthy and how it's not healthy. Um, but the naming consciousness is a confirmation of being separate, which then in our society, which really values the outside, um, the outside validation, which is one of the main reasons why so many of the memes of new behavior have been, have caught on so quickly is because no one wants to go and be outside. They don't want to be ostracized. They, they want validation for doing what they're supposed to do. Um, and it is confirming that we are separate. And so like another way of outside validation is like, you know, I can't, I need to be dependent upon the state because the state is like, you know, it's, 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 it's taken away uh, individual, um, at least the, the, the knowing that they can, that they can take care of themselves or survive in, in, in reality. I'm not necessarily saying like living in caves and trees, but I'm saying like, you know, that people are, that's the only vision they have. I don't want to live like they did in, in, in the stone ages, but, but that's just one idea. So it's like the valid, the, the naming consciousness is constantly reconfirming. You're by yourself. You're by yourself. You need the group. You're not. And the flip side is we are not actually, for most people, we're not actually trying to connect with what, what we know we're part of. So I talked about the stream. I talked about, about being able to sense and feel that, that current and actually be like, what is this force? I can feel it. You can feel wind too, but it ain't as consistent as, as, as a stream. And the same thing is true. We talked a little bit about astrology. Astrology is filled with matrices as well, but there is an objective astrology part. And when you understand that, uh, you will be able to and and really allow that to sink in deep into into your into your psyche and that takes time that just takes time being open to this um, when you understand what your objective astrology is well then um, this is another way in which you do not it it eliminates the desire or reduces the desire for more outside confirmation because you're like I already have my confirmation like you see it with the synchronicity but there's some which are like always there, even if, if you're not seeing synchronicity right in your face. And that would be your objective astrology, your unique relationship with the planets, independent of any matrix signs. It just makes me want to ask you astrology questions now too. Like, cause there's this full moon coming up. All right. And I've heard people call it the worm moon. Why are they calling it the worm moon? That's what I'm asking. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I so I read that it's because that's because the uh, the the ground is thawing, so you can see those impressions in the ground from where they were, which I actually have seen many of in our backyard. But I was like, everybody's looking at the impressions of worms in the mud. <laughs> that's uh, I like that. I mean, so <clears throat> when we go, if we're being honest, and we're 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 being honest, right? Yeah. So objective astrology is just planets and how they relate to each other. It's not giving any meaning. The moment we start applying meaning is subjective astrology. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I'm saying like, let's recognize the difference because there's, there's, um, there, there's a difference and there's a time and place for both of them. Um, 
And when you understand your objective astrology, just those planets and like, you know, I make maps of them so people can understand, like not have it as an abstract or not as much of an abstract, but they could see at least a, a more clear picture in their imagination of what I'm getting at. So then after that, we've got like all of these different other like uh, ways of inter interpreting um, interpreting the heavens. So I'm going to take one step back. This is I think this is really important to say. Astrology is um, every human being's birthright. And what I mean by that is the foundation, the honest foundation of being human is a mystery. We don't know where we are. We don't know how we got here. We don't know what we're supposed to do. And, we, you know, what, we don't even know who we are. Like, there are all sorts of stories that will answer them, but they are matrixes. They are stories. Like, you know, some of them may be more accurate than others, but you don't know. You're just like saying, like, I like this one better. This one makes more sense to me. And you're, it's, it's a matrix. You're, and I'm not saying not to do that. I'm just saying it is what it is. But the truth, the objective truth is, is, is life is a mystery. So if that is the foundation of being a human being, and then uh, regardless of when you lived, where you lived, um, it is every human birth, every human being's birthright to walk out of their apartment, to walk out of their house, to walk out of their hut, walk out of their tent, look up at the sky and say like, what, what, who, why, like, you know, to ask those questions. Because the heavens, particularly at the nighttime, when you can see the what we're calling stars, this is the biggest thing you can actually see with your like lower senses that you could take in with your lower senses. This is as big as it gets, as grand as it gets. And so it is the human birthright to ask such a question. And that is the beginnings of astrology. And, and so we begin with that. And then from there, we begin to tell stories and we begin to figure things out. And, you know, we're able to identify planets and like the ecliptic. And then they divide the ecliptic into 12, into 12 pieces. Well, what about 13 pieces? They did that too. Why not a hundred pieces? Why not seven? Like, you know, these are all just different stories. These are different matrices. And then we're saying, oh, these five stars make the constellation, but those five stars behind it, we're not going to include those. Like, why not? Like the point I'm trying to make is not that one is right or wrong, but they're all stories. And this is the beauty of astrology is it will give you truth no matter what story you use. That's it's it transcends the human mind. We live underneath the stars. You ask a question, it will come back and answer to you in your nerve, in your system of language. So that being said, that being said, when you talk about the worm moon, when you're talking about the worm moon, uh, that to me is like, you know, that's that's more that's a more literal or more objective, a more real story than like, you know, saying it's a saying it's a um, an Aries moon or something like that, you know, because at least you're like, well, yeah, this is the time of year where the worms do, you can see the worms at night. You know, it's it's real. And then you probably go deeper than that. But like this is part of like being able to navigate this time and know like what you're connecting to what you're grounding in where where and and understanding well if i'm going to tell myself a story this is why i'm telling this story this is where the story came from because we have all been conditioned if you've been born in this system guess what you've been conditioned you've been conditioned to go along with stuff your entire life and you didn't even realize that that you're going along with and well that's been kind of coming well that and that's been coming up for us a lot lately so the worm movement actually was sort of a synchronicity for us so it was kind of like the heavens answering us in a weird way, calling it the worm moon. But like, there's something about like our conversations focusing on grounding, grounding, like, and sort of like, you know, there's like that, there's that ability for yourself to sit and 
you know, like sit down, root with your energy systems down to the earth, accept up above, but also like root into the earth. And like, there's, a, there's that feeling of like things you can offer it as offerings that may not be serving to you. I'm sorry. It, as you were talking, it also just made me think about how right now, obviously, um, we keep talking about wanting to do all this grounding and how important it feels right now, because I've been trying to really live like seasonally. Right. And so now I'm, I, and I, you know, and now I'm like, Oh my gosh, I am really called to this grounding. I, like I need it right now. And then the worm moon thing, like when I ha saw that it was called the worm moon and I was like, it's like the earth is calling us right now to do all this grounding. And then as you're talking about it, I was like, Oh yeah, <laughs> this is when we should start you know, we start planting things and actually getting our hands in the ground. If we are looking at objective, I mean, am I, yeah. am I doing it right? If we are looking at uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I mean, it, it's all a continuum. We're, we're, we're like, you know, we're, 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 we, we are abstract folks. We're talking with words. So it's just like, we're, we're, we're bringing awareness. It's like, it's not so much like the, the right or the wrong way. It's like, you know, it's if, if I wanted to not, to, to not use abstract, I'd, I'd spend all my time living on a mountain, trying to follow like, you know, Eastern practices to clear my mind. I kind of like, you know, telling stories. I just want to be clear as to like, you know, uh, I, I think I saw this quote just like the other day. It was like, uh, um, good or bad storytellers or wicked storytellers cast spells and good storytellers free you from them. Um, like, I like that. That's my path. And so it's like, uh, all I want to do is like, is, is to bring a level of awareness of the stuff. Like I said, this in the beginning, like, you know, going deep and like, these are, these are the traps. Um, and so, yeah, you're going to realize how some of the stories were false stories and there were stories that were meant to trap you. These I mean, the entire system is meant to keep you in the system. And when you say grounding, like, you know, that, and that word is like, it can mean a lot of different things for different people. Uh, but it is, uh, whether that's literal, like being physical on the ground and touching that, or like, you know, in an energetic practice or, or whatever you want to go in and say it, it's all the same, but, uh, it is so important right now because that is one of the ways we can continue to have stories and interpretations and to enjoy that part of life without necessarily being wrapped up in like, uh, a lot of the traps we don't even recognize are traps yet mental traps. I mean, the grounding does that. That's what the grounding does. It allows you to go and have stories, but like be grounded in it. You know, actually when you're talking about like, like sort of being maybe enamored with like that, that Eastern philosophy and like that existence, I, th I think that was a lot of the things I used to be exposed to when I felt like the way I did, when I felt like the way that like, none of this really makes sense, but whatever, you know, don't challenge your friends on it because they might get upset because you're challenging their reality. So, um, and think, you know, just things like that. But like Easter philosophy was always like this thing. It's like, oh, okay. Like you could go like get rid of all your belongings and go like get the begging bowl and like go, you know, living through that existence to connect with spirit in, in at a higher way. And it's sort of like, and that sounds so hard, but, I mean, the more that I've, you know, lived with a family and um, trying to like balance both, 
it seems a lot harder like living in like this matrix reality than just becoming like I like I think you brought it up too in one of your uh, videos. I could easily just become homeless. That's it's I'm it's not like a comfortable thing, but you know, but like it's an easy way to like escape matrix life. It's just like yeah. The uh, so it, it this reminds me of like um of Jessica's point in the beginning about like this this about the 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 will and and the intuition and and I'll and I I'm using the word structure there and and um and and when looking at these different philosophies and I think that we have a tendency uh, probably because we're so disgusted by what we were raised in that we elevate you know anything that like like spark like which which is worth which is better than like you know the the disgustedness we have and like you see that a lot you see like a lot of like you know uh, cultures, uh, which, um, you know, maybe some of the practices you wouldn't agree with are like whitewashed and like not looked at, but like what have you. So like at the end of the day, um, I want to apply that structure. And like, you know, these are the questions, like, you know, we go through those questions of, of like, you know, do I, am I so disgusted by this system and the way it works and I don't want to be part of it? Do I just like literally go and surrender completely on life? And like, that would be the guy who's, you know, you, you literally are trusting the donations from people from, from, from moment to moment and you're allowing life to take you. And that is certainly like, that's a valid path, right? You know, that's, if that's your calling, that's your calling. Um, that's not my calling, or at least that's not my calling right now. And, uh, and so part of what, what I think it, to me, what is important right now and why it's so important to be able to like, um, see things as they are is so that you can kind of um, do that, that blend, which you were talking about, Jessica. And like, so it's like the structure is like, I still want to, at least for now, at least for now, I'm going to, I'm still in the system. And so it's like, how do I go and participate in the system in the way which, um, you know, depending upon what, what you prioritize, like people are different, people are going to prioritize different things, but that you are in, um, in integrity, uh, with what you prioritize. Yeah. That is for me right now. Like I'm kind of obsessed <laughs> with, with it. Um, you know, the what idea of with? like what, of doing how what? We internal balance, right. Of allowing ourselves to have some structure and some will, but not get so caught up in the need for all this extra structure that we put actual barriers in front of ourselves, right. You need a little bit of structure so that, uh, and so that you can, you know, take care of your children and do all of these things that you are here for a reason. Uh, I don't mm -hmm. know what it is, or maybe I'm, I think so. Um, and I want to take care of my kids, right? But how so I can't like just give up on all the structure and all, you know? So it's a really interesting way, uh, you know. Well, it's an option. It's just not for you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I don't know. I was like, it doesn't feel like an option. Um, no, but that's, yeah. it's only because you give yourself options. I just yeah. never, I never took, I never opened that door. I was like, that's a door that's not for me. Um, but you know, it, it's really interesting to try the, the living in your own skin, um, and interacting with 
trying to be balanced so that you can interact with the outside world in a way that allows you to maintain um, living in your own skin instead of the one that you maybe were raised in and had to like slough off through doing a lot of like looking at your own conditioning, right? Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you get it out to now you're this this person. How do you continue to be the person that you currently like and evolve? And, and you're evolving because we're all changing, right? And still interact with the outside. Especially it looks so like hilariously fake sometimes. stuff. Sometimes I, I listen to the stuff people are talking about. I'm just like, ugh. That's not, it doesn't seem real. Are you fighting about that? It's, it's, I mean, that, that's how, that's how the matrix works is like, it's become self-referencing. And I mean, I always like this, like any problem that has no solution is, you know, that's, is a matrix created problem. Like, you know, all of the divisions which are being fought about right now. And like, they're, they're like legitimate, they're legitimate uh, uh, points, but like, the problems of them are, are because of the system and like, you know, anything which is a natural problem has a natural solution. Anything that has no solution, no solution. That's, that's matrix stuff. And it's, it's like, yeah. And it's once you see it for what it is, it becomes a whole lot easier. At least, you know, you, you're not engaged in it. Um, you know, that's, that's definitely for certain. Uh, I want to go back to that lifestyle comment, though, that uh, Paul got me thinking about lifestyles. And I, I think one of the things is like, you know, we've been I hold this I hold this potentiality in my mind. I'm like, there's an enough there's like, you know, the entire system, <clears throat> the entire system of like having to pay to play. That's matrix. That's matrix. You pay to play, you pay to play. Oh, you want to have a house? You got to pay for that. Oh, you paid it off. Got to pay your taxes. You got, you know, like you got to pay to play. Your existence is, is, is in the system is predetermined by you paying, which is the glue that holds the system together. So um, they're humans, I believe, or I'm open to the idea that have lived in, in, um, you know, quote unquote, high culture, you know, um, beautiful surroundings in harmony and there's no pay to play and like all of that stuff like just doesn't exist. And there's another and they're able to do it because that doesn't exist, but we can't exactly understand it or see it because we only know one system. You've only heard about one system, you know, it's all oh, you got it, you know, who's going to pay for that. So that being said, like, you know, we're usually given like a handful of images. This is how it works. It's like you're given like, you know, you go and you do your stuff and you could either like, you know, you got a whole continuum of, of how you could live. You could live in a trailer park. You could live in an apartment. Maybe you could live in a McMansion or maybe, you know, a penthouse, you know, what all, you know, th those are your choices. Like, you know, oh, thanks. Or if you don't, if you don't, you know, like here are your other options. You got to be homeless. You got to be homeless. Uh, or you could be like a survivor dude and like live in the mountains and like, you know, live like a caveman or, or like, you know, that we're given such few, few choices, but within the few choices they give us, there's one, which, which really, really like tickles my fancy. And, and I'll be the first to admit it, that I'm going to say this in a romanticized version, but nonetheless, like that's half the fun, like this, uh, abstracting has been weaponized against us, but like, that doesn't mean that like fantasizing has a problem. It's like recognizing how to use it. So, um, I got a 13 and 15 year old boy. Uh, uh, you have children, correct? We have three girls. 
what are the what's the what what's the oldest age? Twelve you and two eight year olds. All yeah. right. Uh, uh, so so my boys are a little bit older. So so thirteen and fifteen, and um, one of the things which I've you know, has been constant throughout our entire relationship is I always read to them. Like, you know, you read to a child when they're little, but like at no point did I stop reading to them. And so this has been like one of our, um, I would say has been like, particularly in this, this age, which is really strange time to be raising children. It's one of the, the, the best things, which I think that, uh, I share with my children. We read things that are interesting and we talk about it and, you know, what have you. So that being said, uh, we're uh, almost done the second book in this, in this series. Um, and uh, it's, it's kind of like a, like, like fantasy and the fact that it's like taking place on like an earth-like place in a different time. And the, the, the protagonist of the book, the protagonist of the book is from, um, it's called the Edema Ra, and they're they're like the version of like what you would picture as like traveling performer trooper slash gypsy sort of lifestyle, and it they, they create like this this hierarchy like within this realm of of these traveling these traveling trooper gypsies like there is like you know there's a pecking order and the top of it is the Edema Ra. And they're like the greatest at like the, the performing and like, you know, they, they carry themselves like some of the lower ones, they, they would, they, they would, they, they would give the traveling trooper and gypsy the bad name, but like on the highest levels is Edema Ra. And what I do with the boys, is we take these stories and we're always applying it to like, you know, well, what would that be like in these, in, in, in um, like the life, the reality, which we know. And I've created this like reality picture in my head in like matrix life of like this traveling, like really, really like uh, um, when I use the word sophisticated, I mean like, you know, they carry themselves with like, they know what they're doing and they're, they're bringing, they're bringing value and having this amazing time. And I'm like, that's the lifestyle. That's the lifestyle, which I want to see in the, uh, uh, I think that's a good middle matrix sort of thing and somehow traveling and they have like their, 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 they travel with where they stay and like they just, and it's an adventure. And so that's my, that's my personal fantasy of, of what matrix living could look like for me. Please, um, that is very similar to my personal <laughs> lifestyle fantasy as well, because of uh, I love fantasy novels, and I was recently um, had it was like a five book series, and the 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 troop right they had some troops that they would travel through all of the lands that were always warring, but they were never warring because they were traveling and they were all magic. <laughs> And um, they, because they had all the, like they lived seasonally, they, the, depending on where they, um, because they traveled when it was winter here, they would go somewhere else. And then, so they were always getting these good seasons. They lived seasonally, they lived in a fam familial groups and then they would find magic on the way. And I, I loved, loved their lifestyle and all of the kingdoms, all the warring kingdoms just lot, they were great and let them in. And their heads of these troops were always some of the most like magical and trusted people in these groups. And I was like, yeah, I'm into it. Uh, I, so, so <laughs> as much as, as much as the system puts out like certain stories 
to like, you know, tell you of like, these are your three options. You have dystopian future option and you have like, you know, hunger games option. Um, there are also, I, there are also stories which are put out, um, ideas to get in people's consciousness because we, we ha have been so taken far away from like objective reality, um, that we don't know what's actually possible. And I think these fantasy books are, um, fall within that and some of these concepts um i think that's the way uh human beings like in this this idea of like how would we live on earth if there wasn't pay to play and i'll even take it one step further um how would we live on earth if we were completely self-sufficient within our own bodies like literally everything you needed to survive could be um taken within like your own consciousness and will like you know what i'm gonna go the, pho the photons are enough for the trees photons and water and look how solid that tree is maybe that's enough for me and it's just like you know like what what would that be like how would human beings live and like those ideas are not like if you go and you look at some of like the maybe like sort of fringe ways in which people live whether it's a breathitarian or whether it's a um i think that's true I haven't discovered it yet. I haven't discovered it. And that's why I'm going, keep going to the bottom because I think that's how human beings are meant to live, uh, that they would be self-sufficient. There would be no pay to play. And what would they do? They would do what you are describing. We would travel. We would spend, like, there'd be certain people will go through periods of life, of their lives where they're like, they're the homesteaders and they're the, where the travelers go to. And then like, when they want to go and they get the wanderlust, then they go and travel. And like, I think we traveled at certain times, you know, I think like all of this stuff, which is presented as fantasy is much closer to reality, but we can't see it yet because we've been so conditioned by the calendar, by the, this, by the, that, by the naming that when that, that that is the way that we would live on earth and we would, and our life would be about adventure. Our life would be about like, about like hosting, about meeting people, about like creating things, about living in harmony, but would still have like, you know, the normal relationship stuff. It wouldn't be toxic like it is now because everyone has been conditioned to be the worst version of themselves and been told that it's normal. Uh, but like there would still be like, you know, drama with people and all that sort of stuff. And that's what life on earth would be like and would be traveling. I love it. I have this, I am always drawing this little thing of what if you're really grounded? Let's say you live. Okay. Let's pretend we're going to have right. a little pretend idea I like this and uh, everything gets flooded, right? Um, huge, great flood, big flood, flood comes. You're on a boat. You get stopped. I'm on a raft or like a boat. You knew what was coming in this scenario. You're like, like Noah. Enoch comes to you and he says, Hey, make a boat. All right. He does have space for me on his boat, but he's like, I'm going to give you a tip. I'm going to give no, you a tip. He, he comes to you, you know, in your mental space. Oh, he comes to you in my mental space. Yes, he comes and he's like, hey, okay, dude. Okay, so this is now. So, okay, so Noah right. comes to me in my mental space and I'm like, I got to build a boat. Yep. And I build the boat. Boat is coming. Or flood is coming. Build your right. boat, right? All right. Water comes. All right. The boat floats around, just like in that, um, oh, 
Enlil's. Okay. There's that and the story. This there's this old story of Enlil, and he is floating around with his family. Anybody can look it up. I don't know. It's a folktale. Anyway, you're floating around, and you come on to a mountain, and now you're on the top of a mountain. The water, and then you can get off your boat, and your whole family gets off the boat with you, and you live on the top of the mountain, and the water starts going down, but it's still there. You can't get anywhere, right? Um, you're still on your mountain, but you're you're stoked because you're alive and you see the water, it's receding, but you, you have enough to sustain yourself. You can live on this mountain. So here you are grounded into the earth. You're getting all this good stuff. You're a part of the earth, but you also see the sun. You get to live over here. Um, and then you start seeing all these other mountains, right? You're like, oh, look at all these other people that are on their mountaintop, right? How are we gonna get to these other people without getting in that water. Without getting in the water? There, it looks a mess. You wanna be grounded. You wanna be up on the mountain. How are we gonna build those bridges? Is that a rhetorical question or do you have an answer for me or what? I'm asking because that's actually how I see the world right now and in, in, a, in, a, in a real way. <laughs> so like in the like are is that metaphorical or meaning like everyone's in these different mountains or like you really see there's a flood and you're telling me that I should go build a boat? No, do not go build a boat. It's already here. The flood has happened. It's like a, a water, an emotional thing, right? There's like, but gotcha. uh, if you got, if you knew what was coming and you were prepared, you got to a mountaintop. So there's all, all these right. people hanging out on all these mountaintops and they, uh, how, how do they get to each other? How do hmm. we build bridges? How do we build bridges with that? I mean, I guess like the first thing is, uh, you know, there's gotta be, a, a, a willingness on both sides, right? You first communicate, you first see the person over there and be like, hey, I see you and you see me. All right. And we're not allowed to go in the boat. We're not allowed to go in the water. You could, but the currents are really heavy. <laughs> I don't want to go through that. My boat, my boat, like I didn't do that good of a boat. Yeah. Um, do I have magical powers? Do is you? Built, is there a portal system built into the earth itself? Yes, there is. Well, then I'd use the portal system. That's but it's what it's in the mental space, right? But that would be the mental space. Yep, um, in the energetic space. So, are going back, like, like talking about, or let, let's switch back to like the, um, like what what this is a metaphor too, like. Uh, who, who are the different mount? Like, what do you mean by the different mountains? Like uh, different people are in different silos of thought or different people who have the same, who see the same things, yet they're far away from one another. Different people who aren't stuck in the matrix. Like how do all the different people come together? How do all those people that notice that the matrix existed exist in a way that they can join that troop of people and then the people that want to homestead and host those troops get to so do that, that I, I think that's exactly what that's what i think is is most likely going to unfold um is there are going to be people who are going to be traveling 
for, you know, how far and, and for how long, you know, is going to be unique. And then they're going to be people who've got like space for people to travel to. Um, you're going to have different people who, what's probably going to happen. I mean, I don't know if it will, but this is what I think is most likely, you know, when, you know, one year from now, five years from now, who can say five months from now, um, the system itself is going to be completely locked. Meaning like you have to be all in and all out. Like you need to be completely updated on all of your medications. Um, the, everything is going to be done on the, an electronic sort of system, which is all connected. So like you're either completely in the system uh, and you have to participate completely to have access to all of the things or you're not. There may be some people who are going to be able to bridge it. Like there's going to be like maybe that like black market for a thing. Um, I think the next couple of years, it's going to be mostly focused on keeping people within the system and the people who are outside of the system are going to, um, assuming they don't make a big deal, like bring aware, bring attention onto themselves. And maybe that's not what they want to do. Some people want to go, but like my sense is I see it splitting and there may be some people who are intermediaries. And what's going to happen is the folks that are traveling, um, it's going to be just like the troopers. They're going to bring news. They're going to trade. They're going to bring entertainment. They're going to do whatever. And then uh, the people who are the homesteaders, they're like, they're, they're the ones who are trading with them. They're like, stay here. Uh, they get the news. They pass the news. And from there, something will happen. So my sense is that's going to stay. Um, that will stay probably. Uh, until there's going to, so I'll take one step back. Everything which is going on with transhumanism, right? Like this blending between uh, the biological form and the technological form. And it's implying that within the, within the confines of that system that maybe like humans are going to change. They're going to change in their life experiences and their body experience and how they relate to the environment is um, going to drastically change, right? That's like the, that's the, the kind of like uh, techno utopian um, fairy tale. But if everything within the matrix is a mirror or a perversion or an inversion of the truth, well, then my sense is because we're changing. And my sense is if you're not part of it, like here, so this is the, this is a tough thing to bank on. You're like, so, so like there's a big asterisk next to what I'm saying, but um, I think it's fair to assume that uh, we as human beings, um, and if you don't go down that one path that I think we're going to change too. And what I think we're going to change is by us slowly dr like stripping away from from like all of the parts of the, of the matrix consciousness that we didn't even realize we were holding. We didn't even realize we were holding. Um, and we will change because uh, we will discover ways of being that were always hiding in plain sight right before us. Now there's a possibility the actual, like, you know, earth itself is going to change. I don't know if that's true. Like, you know, atmospheric changes and stuff like that. And we grow 10 feet. Um, like th those stories are out there. Um, they could just be matrix stories. They could be like fantasy to give us an idea of like what is possible. Um, but so I don't, 
I, you know, I'm not specific with that, but I am pretty specific and I'm, it is my assumption and it is my mental, my, my mental will that like, yeah, we're going to go through this change. People are going to travel. It's going to be like that. And we're going to change. We're not going to remain like this, like, uh, this, this like kind of like half in half out society or turn into some blade runner society. I think we're going to change totally different. I mean, I think that the book of revelations is, is a coded book from the matrix. And when they talk about 144,000 people disappearing, like it may be not in the rapture, it may not be like in the way it is couched in, in, in like a, a, a literal Christian sense, but it'll be like a literal, like people will just disappear. They're going to be two different people. You're either in the revelation matrix or like you went somewhere else. And that could vary well, to what degree that is. I don't know though. Yeah. That's the that's the question that I've been having because I keep seeing, you know, I see things in like meditation um in metaphor, right? Like right. man, there's a flood coming. Oh, it's here. I would All right, say, I would say it's here. Now I, mean, I guess it's here. Yeah, and then so It's already started at least. Maybe it's already started. For for me and my the way that I see it, it's already, I'm already on the top of the mountain waiting for kind of the waters to mm -hmm. be less stressful, like, or less, um, like huge torrents of water going, you know, currents or torrents, right? Um, that's why you don't want to go down <laughs> at all. And that's what it kind of feels like. It feels really easy right now to get sucked back in. Um, to stuff. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I don't know. If that, yeah. It's just the way oh. I think of it in my brain and like the way I actually draw it looks embarrassingly like a coronavirus. Oh, with all the mountains peeking out over the uh, the water? I drew the thing that I was thinking that we were on and then I was like, and then here's a mountain and then there's a mountain and then there's like this energy top, right? Or it could be like a lily pad, you know? Right. Like you're grounded the earth and there's all this water um and then you are on the top of this lily pad right and then i drew it because i was like interested in thinking about bridging all of these things and then i was like well that looks curiously like coronavirus <laughs> they, they, they definitely like they they put that imagery um i think about this a lot of like all of the imagery of of ailments which are, are constantly flooding the the collective consciousness just like historically like i'm thinking of like all of those commercials they used to show for like plaque lining your arteries and then someone having a heart attack and like everyone's got that picture in their mind right and like you know and like all of these like like the same thing with like what the planets look like they're all these like nasa like made up sort of things but like the power of the the imagery and like and the the coronavirus uh um uh, the virus, you know, what that thing looks like, like that is, that is definitely part of the, the, the collective consciousness. And so I love the fact that you, you've like, kind of like flipped that script, if you will. And, and it's, it's, you're like, no, it's actually, it's, it's the mountains and it's the, the, it's the lily pads. And it's the, I love that. I'm like, it's the map of the future. It's the map of the future. <laughs> Which sounds depressing, but I didn't mean it in a depressing way. I just meant 
Like, I don't, I don't know. I've never actually talked about this on a podcast or to anyone other than Paul. Well, I mean, if, if we're being honest, this is a, this is a thing which I like to, I, I bring up a lot. I bring up a lot. Um, so, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a, a group of people like us, people who are part of this system and are recognizing what's going on right now, recognizing that there's a big change. And, and we talked about this in the beginning. We said, like, life's never going to go back. Life's never going to go back. You can't plan more than 30 days in the future. So said kind of another way is the old way of life is dead. It's gone. It's gone. And it's real fun and easy to go and, um, and point out all of the things which kind of like, you know, which, which, which are noxious or, or uh, offensive about modern life and, you know, life since, you know, whatever. But the truth of the matter is we are adaptable beings and we were born into the system. And like your fondest memories of your entire life are part of this system. And it has shaped you to how you are and all of the best things about you came through the system or what have you. So the point I'm trying to make is like the system's dying and um, we're not, it, it has not been given um, particularly from this class, from this group of people, really anyone is a proper mourning, a proper recognition of like, and so, and I'm bringing this up is because you said it's kind of depressing. I'm like, well, this is a depressing time. Like even like, you know, there's an excitement about the future and I'm very optimistic, but there, when something dies and something like, regardless of what it is, like, you know, you're a crazy relative or a neighbor, someone who drove you crazy and you've been with for a long time, but when they actually, you know, you see that they're going to die, you're like, you see through some of the stuff and you realize all of the times you had and like it, it, it deserves, it deserves a little bit of that, that, that feeling, you know, I told you, I cry a lot when, when the synchronicities, <laughs> you know, I'm a, that's how I am. And so it's like, you know, I think it is also okay for us to, to, to recognize that this is a sad time. This is, this is a time of mourning. Um, I, I feel I, I bring this up a lot. Like, um, I've got a lot of friends who, who, um, are much more in the system than I am. And like, maybe like in their forties, maybe early fifties. And these guys did like the right thing. Like, you know, they did the job and they saved the money and they're planning on retiring early and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, you did the right stuff and they pulled the rug out from underneath you. Cause that ain't going to happen. Like something may happen, but like, it's not going to be that future, which you were sold and you like did your part and, you know, you have a right to be angry and to be disappointed uh, and to mourn it. And then let's, uh, now that you know the truth, now we can go and, and do something else. But yeah, like, I, I think it's important to recognize the, the, the sadness of this time. It's weird. I started, I changed, so I'm an, I'm a nurse, but like, and I, I was still a nurse before this, but the November before, November 2019, I went to go to hospice. hospice. Wow. You went to became a hospice <laughs> No, he became a hospice nurse. Yes. Oh, 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 you didn't, you weren't a hospice patient. No, 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 no. I went to hospice. I had only, I only had a few more weeks No, so left. I, so yeah, so I, uh, yeah, I was, I was actually in the intensive care and in intensive care. And then I, um, 
or as an intensive care nurse. There we go. There we go. And then I went to become a, a home health hospice nurse. And so okay. what a synchronistic event for me to, because I'm the one who goes out and works in the community. I'm still like, I'm still out in the community. I'm usually the one, you know, running errands and stuff and like, you know, just, I'm still out there, you know, and, and what a blessing it has been for me to go and understand death because a, this year, I mean, this, the past year was just about mourning a year because we all had plans that year. I remember going into, shoot, the, uh, from, what was it? December. I had all this like Going plans. I had plans for this year. I felt good, you know, like, and then Mark, <laughs> bye-bye. All that stuff was good. And so like, and it was just like learning how, and like, thank, thank everything for like, just being like, oh, at least I'm, I am exploring death in so many ways and like understanding what it truly means. It's not an end. It's just but yeah, take it the time to grieve for that. And from now on, and I think a lot of people, and, and also like, and, and this year, it, it does, it feels like you're grieving that plan for life. Yeah. And, and also understanding that, that it's in everybody else too. And we're all, and we can't really necessarily count on each other for that grief, but we, but we can, you, you know, it's like, I feel like it's a really good skill to understand grief because you can at least when somebody's freaking out on you these days it gives you so much more patience when you're interacting with people because everybody's having a real bad day everybody's having a real bad a lot yeah and winds yeah. keep i mean i think that yeah. too maybe people were feeling the grief right and then now again they're like i because i have so many people that i'm like well i you know everything's going back to normal now I'm like, are you sure? Or that new normal? Um, yeah. And, and, and I don't, um, so when you, instead of grieve what you've lost and jump back into this is the, the normal, it's just prolonging that, you know, that process. You're going to have to do it eventually. Grieve that loss. And I think that right now, this year, it seems like it just keeps getting stretched out. So people don't get to see that it's actually a loss. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's also like going, just like coming right back to this is is like, you know, the idea of like, if, if like a, a pet is, you lose a pet, a pet dies. And then you immediately go out and you get another pet and you don't go through that process. And so like this immediate, like, you know, there, you, you feel a little bit of it, but you don't want to go deep into the feelings. And I think, I think Paul, like how you're talking about like grief is so like the importance of grief and understanding that, you know, that's, that's also part of like everything in the system is like truncated. Like, you know, you see that with like led lights and MP3s, like they're like truncating the actual experience of like a full audio file or a full light spectrum. But we also truncate emotional, um, like, you know, the, the, the highs and the highest of highs and lowest of lows of our emotions to kind of have like this, like, you know, nice middle line and grief being, you know, on the bottom and like, you know, we don't, we don't know how to 
deal with that. And so people who do and people who actually see it, like, you know, there's a, there's a real, um, there, uh, to me, at least, you know, I have a real appreciation and respect for that. Um, death doulas, like, you know, that's a term you hear a lot nowadays too. Like, you know, that same idea, like it's important. And, and when it's not being done, like it robs you of something like as a human. Yeah. And, and you have to do it. That's actually the main thing I'm yeah. usually teaching people in their death processes. This is your, th- like, they're always expecting that, no, the nurse will do that. And then my caregivers will do this if they, you know, if they can afford that type of thing. But it's like, no, 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 you do as much as you can right now. Cause that's the thing that you're going to have to heal from. If you don't, that's the regret is not being present for it. Like it's, yeah. that is the healing of death. It is the power of death. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Are you still working in uh, in that realm? Yeah. Oh, I love it. I'm actually getting. I'm actually going to be uh, taking. Uh, I'm going to actually get trained as a death doula in June. Yeah. Wow. Actually, I'm really wow. stepping. I I appre- I have. So let well, let me just talk about my fantasy. My fantasy is I imagine this piece of land where people can come and like really and not celebrate you know celebrate death is it doesn't make any sense to me but like you know like honor yeah like honor it in a way that feels right to you and intuitively feels right to you like maybe something that like you know maybe there's something you know a lot of a lot of you've explored magic there's something like a lot of times like when we explore magic we're like well i come from this culture so i'm gonna explore this lineage and maybe this will give me some keys so maybe like look at that ceremony of death in some way that maybe that maybe intuitively feels right, like based on your, you know, your yeah. experience. I like and ha- and ha- holding like holding space for that, and then like because like I mean we have there there aren't a lot of spaces like that right now, except for in your home. And even that's almost pretty, that's actually been pretty limited with like a lot of people being afraid of this virus, which is a really, it's a real shame. What, uh, you know, going back to where I had that like fantasy of the traveling, like I think what we would do as people is there are places on earth which are inherently in line with certain things and whether like death being one of them. And so like we would go to that place, which you're, you know, what you're describing. It's like, you know, you need to mourn a loss. Like you go to this place and you're going to go and do this. Like, oh, like that's how, that's how the earth is. That's how the body is. And it's like, you know, and we know that if we have this range of emotions within the human experience, there has to be a parallel within the material experience and all that sort of stuff. And so you would go, you would go where you would belong. And, and so it seems like you've, you know, that, that, that calling and that feeling you have inside is, is, uh, it'd be really, I'd like to see that brought into, into, into life. Yeah. The pond. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just like what you're talking about, you know, we have like the solution. So the solutions to the, this war on humanity is, looks like fantasy. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. 
I, that, that's, I've, I've used that line quite a bit. Like that's, that's how, you know, like you're actually getting close to reality because it sounds like fantasy and that doesn't mean all fantasy is reality, but we've been, the truth has been so hidden from us that it will sound like it should sound like fantasy. Um, I just had, you know, I'll use a little bit of uh, what is it? Gallows humor. Is that the phrase for like, you know, around death? So uh, this isn't exactly, um, like when you go and you look at what you're talking about and you look at the, the, this matrix sort of, um, this matrix inversion of that idea, it's this idea of like how all of the FEMA camps are going to be held in Walmarts. And so it's like, you know, it's this, this commodification of like the most important like part, like that's, that's how they would do it. But like the, that would mean the opposite is true too. Like the most, like you know, the the most beautiful way of honoring the individual death is 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 a truth as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of like when you. So Jessica actually used to live out of her van, and you'd always stay at Walmart's. Like of you'd course. always like park your van. At yes, because the they allow you to stay in any city. Um, you're allowed to live. Like <laughs> you're allowed to live in their parking lot. Um, they allow people to overnight in their parking lots this is back in like i don't know 20 years ago yeah. um but yeah we so sometimes we'll be driving somewhere and like we were at the coast recently i was like oh i've stayed there a couple times <laughs> like, I, I know i have stayed there their bathroom you can brush your teeth in it yeah it's really close <laughs> to a library there we go really that's good to know that's very good to know yeah <laughs> so even when I was a traveler, Walmart did become a part of my life. <laughs> there we go. But I love it. Like, uh, you know, like a lot, you know, and we're, you know, so we're in our home a lot. And a lot of our focus has been just creating. And I think this is a really great thing for people. And um, I got it from Gordon White on Rune Soup. And you're familiar with him. He's been mm-hmm. on Greg Carter. Uh, so, you know, we're, you know, a lot of us are going to be you know, for whatever reason, maybe we're just comfortable there, you know, maybe you're or whatever, but you know, you're, we're just a little self-isolated. So, you know, take some time to create or to make a home, make your home something that sparks your creativity. And I thought that was just sort of a really great thing. Mm-hmm. I went, I remember like reading them. I, I started reading to my kid. I remember, um, big, huge books, big, huge fantasy books. <laughs> I remember seeing, like, um, looking around in her room after reading to her and just seeing all this, like, artwork and stuff that she had made. And I'm like, ah, she's really gotten this down. But right. I, I, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, let's, this let's. It was a lot of fun. I, I, I did not know where our conversation was going to go. And this was, I love when we could go and we could talk Earth fantasy. Yeah. And I, and I say fantasy tongue in cheek because I don't see it like, you know, it's, it's, it's it's uh um it may not be i taught a class today and one of the major topics of my class was how important imagination is to be able to like do any kind of grounding work (laughs) if you or energy work if you don't allow yourself that space so like fantasy and i think we can get such yeah yeah. Yeah. Without, without a doubt, without a doubt. Uh, I'll share one, one last thing, you know, so we, 
if we look at if we look at the human body, this is this is why everything is simple. It's like you go and you look at your own surroundings and you and you see that, and then you you know you 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 can learn how it works. So, okay, so we got a physical body, right? And our physical body is filled with tools. And so our physical body, our hands and our arms and our muscles, they're good at working with things that are physical, like you pick up rocks or trees or what have you. And then we have other tools that are more subtle, you know, it's, and, and, and they meet like more subtle things like, you know, uh, smoke, like you can't grab smoke, but you could blow on it. You can control smoke. And so we have different tools that are in harmony with the, the, the plane it works with. And so when we begin talking about um, things that do not exist in our spectrum of physical reality, what's the tool that we have that works with it? That's the imagination. You know, that's what the, the, this is what works with the things of this is your tool. It is just as valuable as this tool on this realm and the breath realm or like all of that. And so it's, it's another, this idea, like the imagination is, I mean, I even say this about magic. The fact that magic is named, the fact that imagination, it's like, like that, that's separate, that it needs to be developed. I'm like, it's only named. If we did not name it, we would know that this is just, this is as part of the human experience without thinking as breathing is. It's like, this is just what we do. I'm like, I'm just being human. Well, what are you doing? Like human stuff, you know, like making it happen in my head. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. I'm so glad that you came on and talked with us. Well, I really enjoyed well, it. Well, thank you. This was a lot of fun. Uh, Paul, it's, uh, I always enjoy our interactions and Jessica, it was a real pleasure to meet you. Uh, lots of fun, good stuff. And, uh, I'd hope to come back on again, if you'd have me. We uh, would love, love it. Although I do end up saying things that I haven't really talked about with other people today that I was like, Hmm, this is just something I only talked to Paul about. <laughs> <laughs> so Michael, where can people find you? Ah, thank you. Um, SusquehannaAlchemy.com is probably the best place. Uh, oh, I just opened up a t-shirt shop. Oh. You got to check it out, Paul, because it's good. It's good. So uh, it's uh, SusquehannaAlchemy.threadless.com. There's like a whole bunch of stuff on there. It's really good stuff. You know, uh, it's hard to say this, but it's true. Like I make good stuff. And so like there's really good stuff there. Um, go to Susquehanna Alchemy. Uh, there's an archive of all of my past content. You can see videos right now. I still have videos on YouTube. They're going to come down in a little bit. You can book sessions from me. Uh, I, I, I work with people one-on-one -on -one, often with astrology, but it's more so helping people to see their story in a different way. Not so much that I know their story, but so that they can see themselves from a different perspective and create the space from their blind spots. So I call those biomancy sessions. That's the, you know, probably the, the primary way people would like to work with me or have worked with me. The Rights of the 40th Parallel was a guidebook I made for interacting with the Susquehanna River. That you should get at, um, uh, at Susquehanna Alchemy. And, and you mentioned it before. Thank you very much. Subscribe Star. That's, uh, 
uh, as I move more and more off of, of YouTube, that's where we're going to see more material. Plus it's a way which, you know, you can support me so I can continue to make material or, and put out content. So that's a great way to, to go and support. I'm appreciate immensely appreciative of all people who support that. And it's currency. Currency is fake money. Uh, they call it currency because they're trying to tap into the idea of current. And so the only thing you do with fake money is you have it move. I mean, this is basic economics. You measure in this system, in this system, because there's no, there's no wealth in money in this system. It's just currency. It has to move in the current. So that being the case, you move the currency a little bit to me and I move my currency to you. So this, is, <laughs> this is one of the ways which we swim through the system as we work together. So thank you for that opportunity. And YouTube, Susquehanna Alchemy, you go there as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love all your, I love all your research and work. It, it gives me so much to think about. I, I, the biomancy session I had with you really set off or it really helped me kind of, um, think about how to move with current, uh, for this new year and really, you know, asked me to question, you know, really got me to question, what do I really want? Do I really, am I really, are we really doing this? And, and we're really doing this. Yeah. We talk about <laughs> you often. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. It's nice to be thought of. Uh, in you guys are in, are you in Eugene? Am I remembering yeah. correctly? Yeah. Uh, nice to be thought of in Eugene. But yeah. I was, I did grow up on the 40th parallel. And you did grow up on the 40th <laughs> in Pennsylvania. So we've got that in common. Now we've got even more in common. <laughs> All right, my friends, enjoy the rest of your, your day. And uh, until the next time. Thank yeah. you so much. Thanks, Uncle Mike. <laughs>